Welcome to Explorers Wanted. We are a weekly Numenera actual play podcast. I will be your sweet and kind and gentle GM, woo, Daniel Anderlich. With me today is Alex Finn. You ever buy something that has kanji on it or just in general Chinese characters and you're excited to find out how badly it was written by a United States based company? <laughs> Samson Davis. Uh, no, not really. I'm also very terrified that if I buy anything with like kanji or Mandarin script that it's going to be like, this guy's a dumbass. Kick him in the face. I told you about the green hat, right? Nope. Oh, so in China, if you wear a green hat, that means you're a cuckold. And then Nike released a green hat, like as part of their China collection. And it had SB on it, which also stands for stupid bleep in China. So I kind of want that hat. <laughs> and Stace Babcock. I don't even know what to do with any of that. So, hey, hi, hello. Apologies, listener, if you have a green hat that you love and now have to burn, I guess. Or you could be into it. I don't judge. Or you could, yeah, that's that's fair. That's that's on me. Didn't mean to kink shame. Unless it's what you wanted. I don't know, whatever. But you know what you shouldn't be ashamed of? Die Hard Dice. They are an online purveyor of beautiful polyhedral shapes for you to use in your TTRPG games. They come in all types of designs. You can get them metal, get them in acrylic. They're all beautiful. They often have theme stuff. I don't know what's going on going into this new year, but you should look it up. You should go to their website. Find the perfect set for yourself or for a loved one or a friend or an enemy. I don't know. But when you find the set you're looking for, type in our code Explorers Wanted. You get 10% off your order. That's a high-quality product for a little bit cheaper, and you're helping to support your favorite podcast, right? So go do that, please. Explorers Wanted. Die Hard Dice. Please and thank you. All right. Who remembers what happened last time? I am going to pick on Alex. Oh, golly, you will, Daniel. We were in post-heist bliss. We had successfully done the heist, and no one... <laughs> okay, people died. And we did fuck up. Oh, shit, this is two for two heists that we fuck up in, isn't it? Uh, no, this is like our first heist that we fucking nailed. But we did a murder and aged one of us seven years to the age where your body's warranty expires. And you did not pick up the calls for the extended warranty because they could not reach you for once. But we decided we're going to harness up Esri and take this sarcophagus on the road. And we did. After some foot surgery, mm-hmm. we did a lot of foot stuff. We were just feeling spicy. Don't judge us. This is some feet binder, but it might be. So once we got the sarcophagus back to the destination, we realized that we were going to separate before we got the payment. And that's where Alex's alarm bells of, oh, shit, we're never getting paid, are we? Went off. <laughs> but in characters, we were just like, okay, that totally makes sense. We'll meet you later at an undisclosed time out of the usual place before another one of us has to do another important job. It'll be fine. Don't worry. So we went. We healed up. Mr. Tompkins is somewhere. I don't know. Maybe he's still on the drain. Maybe he has cat stuff to do. We'll find out eventually. I hope. Magpie got a bob. We're now in full pulls and we've realized once we get back to the meeting point, I guess is what you call it. Yes, that's mm-hmm. the word, right? Meeting point. That uh, Ferdinand's late, probably in trouble, so we should probably track him down. Oh, FYI, totally spaced my mind. It is now canon that Ferdinand is stronger than Esri. I'm not sure how we feel about that. Shut up. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. He had wheels. I didn't count. Him and his little fun guys just doing everything that we struggled to do, and we're just sitting there like, son of a bitch. <sighs> So we tracked down the fun guys, and there we were, at the Senate House of What's-Her-Nuts, who's actively looking for Esri. And we're like, oh shit. Yeah, and that's where we pick up. You're standing in front of Senator Fellow's estate and offices, essentially. Hmm. Well, can you ghost on in there and see what's up, Magpie? Um... Magpie, you fucking with me again? (laughs) Well, I'm I'm just wondering... I feel like we shouldn't have let Ilsen do the dog show. What? We're probably going to go in there, create the biggest fuss in the world, and it's going to suck. None of that is going to happen. You're going to ghost inside, 
look around, not get caught, and then ghost back out. Sure. Why are you saying it like that? (laughs) I just know us. I know us. It's not us. It's you. You know you. You're going to go in there, and you're going to do it. I have faith in you. Oh, I know I'm going to do it. I just know us as a group. And she's going to go in. (laughs) Yes, yes. Okay. You phase through the wall. You know, the funny thing about this is, is that this is all happening hours before mm-hmm. the dog show. Like, it's there's maybe, like, still an hour and a half mm-hmm. before the dog show. Ilson did not need to leave right away. Oh, I thought we were there. I thought... Okay, no, you said morning for the dog show, so I thought, all right, that's going to be, like, 9 or 10. We got the, the rendezvous at 7. Oh, no, right. It's, it's probably about 10, which means... But you waited there for, like... For, like, 45 minutes, so... Figured Ilson would still be waiting until she absolutely had to leave. Well, not necessarily, because Ilsen's also worried about these ghouls that have been keeping an eye on her, supposedly. Oh, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. And then it's kind of been vague how long it takes to travel between the tiers. And I assume Dog Show's on the surface city? Yes. Yeah. I, I stand by my decision. Ilsen's going yeah. to the Dog Show. No, it's a professional decision. Yeah. Because you have to go before the Dog Show and interview people. Yeah, I got my orders passed, all that shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Magpie, you phase through into the building. I assume you're trying to aim for somewhere that's least likely to have somebody inside. Okay. The room that you end up phasing into looks like a washroom or something like that for, you know, basically, you know, washing clothes and tubs and things like that. Nothing particularly fancy. Perfect. She's going to steal a shirt so it's not tits (laughs) a-blazing. Okay. You steal a shirt. And she wears it. It's a very nice button-up. Over the overalls. Okay, that's a choice. <laughs> so, yeah, you're in this washroom, stolen the shirt. What now? Is there any other useful disguise stuff in this washroom? Mm, I guess you could change your pants if no, you want. That's too much. But there's nothing else. And then anything else, any other clothing in here is, they're hung up to dry, but they're still very wet. They would be uncomfortably wet. Bare. She's going to approach the door and kind of listen at the door to see if she can find anything. Okay. Give me a perception roll of nine. Eleven. I can't see my character sheet right now, so I don't know if I have any assets. I remember right. You don't for that kind of thing. Yeah, you don't hear anybody directly outside the door. You think you might hear something farther beyond this door. Like, it's definitely farther out, but it, it definitely is still very quiet. Like, so... There's, there's a good distance between you and whatever that is. It could be voices. It could just be, you know, the pipes, for all you know, from where what it sounds like. It's going to peek out the door, and if the coast is clear, she's going. So this washroom kind of leads into what looks like the, basically a narrow corridor, maybe for, there are a lot of utility rooms down here, you would assume, if you're going into the washroom. You know, you pass through those doors, and then you reach stairs that go up and down. She's going to go down first to see if, you know, typical dungeon. Okay. You go down, and you do end up in a basement, which is weird because the surface city doesn't typically dig basements, with the exception of the Transit Guild, apparently. So you find yourself in this basement. There are some racks of different sweet wines on one side of this basement. Otherwise, it looks like there's like a variety of tools. Maybe this is being used for some storage. And then give me a perception roll of nine. Nineteen. Nice. Okay. I'll tell you what you see, and I'll let you propose a minor effect. There's definitely been stuff scraped along the floors here. Could be, but roughly about the width of that sarcophagus. And notably, there is a small looks like it was an oversight, like maybe the rest of something was cleaned up, but it just looks like a small rivulet reservoir from what might have been a pool of blood. So I want to use this minor action as an asset of tracking Ferdinand. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. You're like, she's got to go for the cop. No, I need an ally on the inside, Daniel. Okay. So you're tracking based off of the blood then? Yeah, sure. Okay. Give me a 12. And I have one level, one whatever skill thing, so it's a nine? Correct. Eighteen. Okay. 
So you do spot like another spear drop, like maybe there's blood that dripped and then somebody stepped on it with their boot or something like that. And you follow that path and it basically leads you just a little bit farther into this basement and sort of like behind the wine bottles. And you see what looks to be a body on the floor. Investigate that body. Okay. It's definitely not Ferdinand. Their whole, like, vibe gives off sort of the same kind of thing you would see in, like, war and thugs and gangs and things like that. But they're dressed much nicer. They're not showing more skin necessarily, but the, the quality of the clothes they have are nicer. Like, they're clearly working for somebody who's got money. Does it look like Ferdinand's work? You're not sure. I mean, you've really only seen Ferdinand kill on the train heist. But this corpse looks, like, particularly pale, and there's a lot of deep, dark, bruises that are very prominent, like unnaturally dark, like on the sides of his face and neck. Okay. Is he on his side? Yes, right now he's on his side. Okay, so is this like actual bruising or is this because the blood is pooling on the side that he's laying on? It looks to be, so there's definitely that going on, but this sort of like really dark bruising, it's it's not necessarily localized to the side that's towards the ground. Okay. Oops, that's not Ferdinand. She's, I guess we're going after the sarcophagus. Daniel. I think this will be, it's much more obvious to follow. So I think this is a nine. So with your skill, it'll be a six. Good, because I rolled a seven. (laughs) Okay. You can see this dragged over um, up to, you know, one next wall where the scraping ends. She's going to look for a switch or something that, like, you know, that one area that has oddly less dust than other things. Okay. Give me some sort of perception investigation type thing of 15. And tracking doesn't work? Not for this, because you're, like, looking for something that you could do in a different kind of investigation. I got a 19. Okay. You definitely find a switch. It's actually, like, very cleverly hidden in, like, the meeting place of the stone blocks that were used for this part of the basement. It would be easy to miss, but there's clearly a small switch there. What would you propose as a minor effect? I want to save it as, like, a free asset for later. It's going to flip that switch and kind of move off to the side. Okay, you flip that switch and move off to the side. The door slowly opens, and then you can see more scrapes leading in a path down. How's my danger sense going? I mean, you don't feel great about, you know, going down into a subterranean hidden level alone, I'm sure. But you don't detect or feel anything like right there. It's just... Well, it's just like, I have, I'm, I'm like trying to think of how I'd get Ezri in, but I, I feel like I need to scout more, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to go down the stairs. Okay, so you go down this path through the scrapes and here the lighting is a little bit less frequent so it's it's much more dim with the exception when you're right near a light and as you get down there you see this scraping that's led to a room where the sarcophagus has been placed in the center of a room and there is currently like somebody doing something to the sarcophagus and Ferdinand is tied up and unconscious on the far side of the room. <gasps> I bet there's no such thing as a surprise attack in Numenera. I mean, there can be. Like, you could pull off something before initiative begins, but then once you do that, you're going to trigger initiative. I know, but what kind of role would it be to knock somebody unconscious? Because I can't just rip out their spine yet. That's very hard. Um, I do have rope, I think. Mm-hmm. What would the role be to sneak up and just garrot them? So, depending on who you're doing it, and uh, if you could sneak effectively, so you'd have to roll to sneak up on them, and then it would basically be a standard melee attack with an asset. Is there... So, it's just one person in an unconscious Ferdinand? Yeah, there's, there's one person you see that seems to be doing something to the sarcophagus. You're not sure what. And... You know, that person is wearing, once again, full full clothing, especially since they're subterranean. They're wearing a mask. You can see, coming out from the backside of the mask, like some strawberry blonde hair. But other than that, 
you can't make out much. Okay, what would be the role to sneak up on them? Well, they're pretty focused at the time, so I think it would be a nine to sneak up on them. Seventeen. Okay. And you have stuck up behind them. You can now see that they're tapping some of those areas that were lighting up before on the sarcophagus. And they seem to be, like, not clear if there's, like, a method to their approach or if they're just sort of randomly trying different buttons to try to figure out a combination that does what they want. God, I have a horrible idea, but that's not a good idea. What? No, because I shouldn't stick the Shrinky Dink explosion up their nose to see if that's enough water to activate to explode their head. How else are you going to know? Yeah, how are you going to find out if you don't try? Yeah, experimentation, man. What would that role be? Well, you have that asset because you are have snuck up. And I have up. that free asset I haven't used yet from that 19. Yeah, yeah. But it will be also you're improvising yeah. this approach. So I think I would hinder you one step, which would make it so you'd have one asset. Mm-hmm. So that would probably be you're trying to shove it up their nose and activate it. Or mouth if it's open. I'm just trying to decide if I need to make you restrain them first or not. Let's just make it, uh, so after all that stuff, we'll make it a nine, just because I'm going to let you try to do it all at one go, as opposed to restraining them first and then try to put it in that way. I got a 19. I like those dice. From Die Hard Dice. Yeah. Are you trying to show, I guess it's probably a little big for a nose. So you shove it in their mouth and activate it, and you hear them start, as it's growing, you hear them, like, open their mouth like they're trying to cough it out, but then you hear the stone, like, clink against the back of their teeth, and then you hear them getting more and more panicked. She's going to move out of the way. Yeah, screaming through this stone, going, and then you hear their jaw pop out of alignment, and you hear the sound of teeth snapping, and the skull, you know, breaking open from the bottom up until this stone expands to the size of a boulder, slams down on the side of the sarcophagus, and sees some synth go flying off the sarcophagus. Holy shit, dude. Damn. There's a chance you just killed the senator. Like, there's a small chance. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! Great. Problem solved for Ezri. We need to get paid. uh, (laughs) We'll see. Max has to go Bobo, so this is a good time to see what Ilson's doing. You're just getting your press pass and things like that. Yeah. Chocolate eclair, coffee. Nice. Waiting to be let in. Okay, cool. Totally oblivious to the shenanigans the other two are up are up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you pick up your chocolate eclair and turn around ahead there, you see a familiar figure standing just a little ways over in the alley, clearly positioning themselves to be seen, and it is that one huge ghoul that you met multiple times now. Uh, Alright, how does the funny act? What a normal person act. Um, I think she'll kind of start, just like stop for a moment, and then like continue on with her business. I think she's assuming that this is an intimidation thing, like we're watching you still. Mm-hmm. So she'll just go about being a normal person. Alright. They watch you very pointedly. As you walk away. Can I never get the chocolate declare again? Ezri, what are you doing while Magpie is down in subterranean layers and... I'm chilling. She's cooling her heels nearby. Kind of keeping mm-hmm. out an eye. Yeah. Okay. Filing her nails. <laughs> <laughs> is she standing or is she sort of sitting on a curve or something like that? Definitely like leaning on something and doing it. Question. Ezri and Magpie are up on the surface, right? Yeah. Okay. The dog show, by the way, is it's not in the same district as where like the Senate district is, where you have like the senators' homes and things like that, or even like the official Senate area, but sort of beyond that, closer to one of the locations in town that's nearer to the ledge, the overlook over the cliffs. Oh, okay. While I guess Ilsen is walking around this area, where was that sunset in Sunvale Inn thing that the one lady talked about? Oh, yeah. Yeah, to come by Sunday. Yeah. yeah. It's not far from the dog show. It's not directly, like, nearby it, but it's in a nearby district. Mm-hmm. 
Like, it's not out of your way if you wanted to swing by there. Yeah, can I vibe check? Like, what's the clientele looking like? So the funny thing is, is there's clearly, like, two parts of this inn. There's sort of, like, a spot, but it's really, like, you assume, like, merchants are coming in. Mm like traveling merchants and things like that. And that style you can tell is like more like what you think of a classic inn. Like there's places to stay. It's like a very standard layout with the bar and tables. There's another side of it there that's still officially part of it that's also in. But when you look at those tables, they look like the kinds of things you need reservations for. Okay. I found it, by the way. Hotel Seaview is what it was originally called. Hotel Seaview. Oh, thank God Alex is back. She's doing the interesting stuff. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so you just murdered this stranger <laughs> in a rather horrific way. The boulder fell and broke something off the sarcophagus, and Ferdinand is still unconscious and tied up on the other side of the room. We're going to slap his... Well, no. Loot the body first. Always loot the body. And then I don't have to share. Good call. So you go ahead and loot the body. On the body, you find 20 shins, you find some small tools, and a cipher. You find a machine control implant on their body. When activated, this cipher splits into two pieces. One is affixed to the Numenera device and the other to the user. The user then can use her mind to control the device at long range, bidding it to do anything it could do normally. Thus, the device could be activated or deactivated and a vehicle could be piloted, the control lasts for 10 minutes, and once the device is chosen, it cannot be changed. Ooh. Okay, now we're going to try and wake up Ferdinand. Yay. We're doing things. You also find one other thing on this person. Ooh. It is a small sheet of paper. It's full of obvious suggestions, but it, it seems like some safety official for somebody had to write like a some bullet points to remember when handling bioweapons. <laughs> Fuck. He pockets it and doesn't think much of it. Okay. So you smack Ferdinand away. It's like, oh, magpie. It's good to see you. Thanks for coming for me. You ruined my plan. What? The dog show. Listen, uh, the client turned on me. I didn't do it by choice. They decided it would be easier to incapacitate me. I, I'm sure they eventually planned on killing me <laughs> rather than paying. Well... Problem solved? Uh, problem is that's not a client. I didn't catch her name, but she did help tie me up, so I suppose I don't care that strongly. What's done is done, I don't care. She's gonna untie him. Mm-hmm. Tie him, and he says, well, a couple options. We could either attempt to slip out of here without problem, get away, or we could try to find a way to steal our money. Esri's outside if we want to make it a big problem. That's helpful. I'm not sure it's super wise to have Esri around this client's offices. He has a kind of sort of disguise. Last I heard, my reluctant client was headed to the dog show today. Everybody gets to go to the dog show but me. Well, there's still an hour I could try to find some little dogs. Well, first we take back what they didn't pay for. Unless you think they're just keeping that large amount of shins in this house. You could take it and burn down their house. Well, it's going to be pretty heavy for the two of us to slip out with that thing. You do notice that where the boulder hit the edge of the sarcophagus where something broke off, there is a very faint, like just a wisp, just like barest tendrils of a bluish mist floating up from those openings that have been broken open. Or, like, the seams that have been broken a bit. Well, it's leaking. Oh, lovely. Do you think it's a bioweapon? I would assume so, based off of what I was just put through. And this note. Then, yeah, it's definitely a bioweapon, Magpie. I, I don't know if we should be carrying it. I guess we're robbing the house, then. That works, too. Should we get away from the bioweapon? Yes. We'll get it later. Or maybe they'll all escape and it'll be fun. So, as you guys are walking to the edge of the room, you hear a thump from behind you. Like something inside the sarcophagus had thumped against its surface. Magpie's gonna go back and start the first half of shaving a haircut. <laughs> Two heavy thumps from the inside. Okay, I've got this. So, one knock for 
Yes, two knocks for note. Do you want to come out? There is a fist that slams against the inside, like so hard that the sarcophagus itself sort of rattles. Do you know how to open it? Three hard thumps in succession. I'm assuming that's maybe. More of that blue mist is starting to go up. Well, Ferdinand, I don't think we're going to leave it behind now. I'm not sure staying around it is a good idea at all. It is clearly aware of our presence, and what would you do if two people left you alone in a box and you'd then got out? We're not sure that whatever's in there is a person. It is sentient, and it is aware of us. There are a couple more thumps, and you can definitely see, like, at one point, like, you can almost hear metal straining. What? Mm, she's gonna start trying to open it. Can't tell if Magpie is the best delve or the worst delve. Like, what? Holy shit. <laughs> she plays the odds, and the odds are, if you do not help whatever's trying to get out that wants you to let it out, out, it will murder you. Esri, where you are out there, you see Senator Fellow and her security contingent stepping out of the house. Mm. How big is the security contingent? No, just, but no, seriously, how big is it? So I'd say probably it's three. There is like a fourth, but they're kind of like ahead of the group moving, just making sure everything's safe on the walk to... She seems to be heading to the direction that you would assume the dog shows in. Hmm. I think she still just turns her face away, but um, because she's not going to leave Magpie. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just give me some sort of hiding. They're not really looking for you in that moment. So I would say it's probably like a nine, just because the wanted poster has been around for so 14. long. Fourteen. But no, you're disguised. So it's like a six. I got a fourteen. Okay. Yeah, they don't notice you as they go walking off. Hell yeah. Magpie. Yay. You're fiddling with the sarcophagus. Yay. So it depends, like, how you want to try to help open it. If you're trying to use force, if you're trying to do something numenera it has to be something that, well, you can do whatever approach you want. If you're looking for the obvious open this, like, controls, that's understanding Numenera, which you're hindered mm. on. If you can make an argument for, like, using your salvaging skills... That would be something that you would have an asset in. Yeah, we could just go with the idea of she's not trying to save the sarcophagus. She wants what's in it. So she could just be breaking down the sarcophagus to get what's inside. Okay. The thing is still, whatever it is inside is still slamming against the top as you're working. So every once in a while, while you're working there, like the whole thing shakes. So I think this starts at a 15. You're trained and salvaging. That's a 12. You have small tools that makes it a nine, and then it's intellect if you want to spend effort. Let's use one level of effort. Okay, so now it's a six. Seventeen. We are doing all the bad ideas today. (laughs) Yes, so you managed to essentially yank out what you think is some sort of like control mechanism that keeps the locks shut, and the next thud sends the top of the sarcophagus flying off. There is blue mist rising up, and there is a large figure, like, sitting up amongst the mist. Bigger than Esri? Bigger than Esri. Why? Why, Daniel? Why is everyone bigger than Esri? Just rubbing that salt in the wound. Uh, because this is not a person. But not by big. Not that much. Oh, Maybe, yeah. like, you know, a couple inches. Also, you need a rival. You need a rival that is an actual threat to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. The figure inside is wearing, like, very limited clothing. They're super rich. Yeah, well, they've got some armor on, but it's not particularly extravagant. There are long, wicked-looking daggers in its hands. And when you look at that, you notice that their skin looks much more rough and stronger. It looks almost like a hide, a hide of, like, thick blue leather, almost. Their face, like, has these eyes that are just, like, very cold when they look up out of the mist as they look at you and Ferdinand. And a mouth that is just four blue mandible teeth. We're going to create a friendship here. And do it. It looks at you both and roars. And it's time for you guys to roll initiative. Yep. Peacefully opening communications, though. Not for this critter. Fifteen. Okay. 
And I thought we were getting to the dog show. <laughs> no. I, why would we do that? It, it would be so funny if the dog show just completely happened off screen because this is. <laughs> 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 like, we build it all up, but instead we have, like, fucking crazy sci fi mummy shit. That'd be fun. So, blue leather skin, humanoid ish. Humanoid ish. Yeah, with the, with the mandibles and the. Yeah. Two arms, two legs, or multiple legs? Two arms, two okay. legs. Okay. And slightly bigger than Ezra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see. I have a backup plan. <laughs> you have a plan? Well, remember that cipher I just got? Yeah. Could we use that as a backup plan? On what? That thing? He's not a robot. It's not a machine. This is an organic <laughs> creature. Throw the ecstasy glass at it. <laughs> oh, the ecstasy glass. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it might work. So I will say this, the creature looks slightly uncomfortable coming out. Like, you can see some sweat beating on it. You know, there was colder in there, and then the heat of... Even in this cavern that wasn't exposed directly to the pulse, there's still some ambient warmth in here. But this uh, guy goes first, and he is going to swipe with one of his daggers and at Ferdinand, and he's going to hit Ferdinand. Holy shit! fuck. And it's a nasty slash. It's Ferdinand's turn, and he is going to spend his turn backing the fuck up, and he shoots one of his daggers, presumably the poison ones, at this thing. But when it comes to this kind of thing, they're evenly matched. So, Alex, evens or odds? Odd. Stace, roll die. Tell me if you get even or odd. What is this number? Odd. This is 13. Yay! Okay. He hits it basically just barely nicks at his hide. Like, clearly this hide is too thick for just a dagger. Yeah, and now it's Magpie's turn. So you're saying I cannot peacefully open communications? I mean, he seems very dead set on murder. (laughs) Are you sure? I feel like I should have an asset for freeing him. We communicated before, peacefully. I'll remind you that he wasn't necessarily knocking back in the same sequence that you were requesting. So what are you going to do? Could I use the ecstasy glass as an offensive weapon? He has eyes to look upon the ecstasy glass. Yeah, you could try that. Not to put a damper on Alex's thing. I feel like we established that the ecstasy glass isn't a combat thing. It's like 10 minutes. Yeah, but it knocks him out for how long? Yeah, but it like takes 10 minutes to get there. It's not just instant gratification. You got to work for it a little bit. It's extreme and lasting pleasure. So it's like... I'd say an hour. 10 minutes of you could try doing this yes you can it would buy us a lot of turns to get the fuck out yeah i mean it's worth a shot and it might make him a little less grouchy okay and it would also heat up his body to make him more uncomfortable honestly what kind of role would this be i mean you just have to like try to make sure he looks directly into it after you press the button so you have to spend an action doing that 12 no probably like a 15 actually okay we'll do it um, I'm assuming it's a speed roll. <laughs> I think you could argue, yeah, it would be speed because you're trying to aim it the right way, yeah. And, yeah, so I'm going to use, plus a 15, I'm going to use two levels of effort, which brings it down to a nine. Mm-hmm. I got a ten, motherfucker. This is going to be funny as hell. Okay, so you aim it there, you press the button, the creature just happens to, or whatever he is. You're assuming he, like, for a human shape, it's, it's like, it would definitely give off male vibes, but you have no idea what this thing is. And it immediately begins roaring in, like, a strange, exuberant pleasure. And that what's notable about it is the thing that it seems to be miming in the moments of that pleasure are stabbing and slashing something that you can't see. Don't a bitch. Tearing something apart you know, with glee. And this is our cue to leave. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be doing that for like 10 minutes. It's going to get more yeah. wild. Yeah. We're going up those stairs, pushing the button. Door shuts again behind us. And then we're getting the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Ferdinand knows that he can't phase through walls with you. So he immediately like splits off from you and heads for some other exit that he can slip out unnoticed. Yeah. Definitely like bleeding on the ground as he's doing it. Sucks to suck. <laughs> um, anyway, so I'm assuming she's back out front with Esri. Yeah, you guys can be back out front with Esri. 
you know, Ezra, you see Magpie returning to you and Ferdinand a moment later steps out of the alley, like clearly holding a deep gash across his upper stomach. Shit. <laughs> I released a murder weapon. Yeah. I asked did. you to come and you know what? Ferdinand, can you walk? Yeah, I can. I can walk. All right. Where do you want to go? I want to get our money, and I know where she went. So we need to patch you up first. Oh, she went to the dog show. She has it on her? Well, I think, well, at least she knows where to find it. She doesn't have it on her. But this is supposed to be different, this dog show. There's supposed to be more wagering involved. I wouldn't be surprised if she does have it on her. Then let's go freaking get it. Because it's either that or break back into the house. Oh, we cannot go back in there. No. No. Okay. No. Yes. The thing that Magpie let out seems very interested in, well, I don't know if it's a general thing, but definitely was interested in trying to tear us apart. Well, based on the ecstasy glass, I think everything needs to be torn apart and it will be happy for once. Oh, wait, what did I get for salvaging that sarcophagus? Because you were messing with the locks, let's say you get like one IO and six parts. Dankeschön. So dog show. Do we need dogs? I'm not sure in my current state I could get to my source and back time. But there's another option. You will dress as my dog? No. We steal someone else's. We can definitely do that. Just a quick dog heist before the dog show. (laughs) Ilson. Yes. You are... Picked up your press pass. <laughs> you are approaching the dog show. It's held in a rather large venue this time. Very classy place, but also like clearly like a sporting area as well attached to it. So you assume that maybe there's even more advanced like tricks the dogs are supposed to do. As you walk in, you have to duck for a moment as this like small winged rat goes flying right by your face like it just kind of swoops past you and then lands on one of the little performance platforms because of course this is the ninth world and so the dog show just doesn't mean just the furry little creatures that we think of today you see a whole menagerie of strange smaller domesticated pets that that was going to be one of my first questions coming into this dan what is a dog here Oh, that is a good <laughs> yeah, question. Yeah. So you see, like, that winged creature. You see people that are, like, leading cat-sized lizards around. You see someone leading a lizard with tufty ears, but it's, like, roughly the size of a Komodo dragon. It sort of looks like if you could make a take a Komodo dragon and then you did, like, a half-assed job of trying to add cuddly to it, <laughs> that would be what you're looking at there. Like, so there's these weird, like, tufties that are just cute and ridiculous that seem to, like, twiddle with its interest and excitement. <laughs> and then do you see things like seskies. You do see something that, you know, we might call it to be canine-shaped, except its, you know, mouth is just sort of like a circular maw, but the maw doesn't have teeth. It just has this sloppy tongue that extends out and slops around the ground, alternatively tasting and navigating at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You do see things that you don't really think of normally as dogs. You see this creature that you're not sure what its name is, but in our world, what we would think of when we saw it is it would look like a lion that was also somehow a snake. So it's all furry. The head is a big lion's head, but the rest of its body is just long and snake-like. Like it looks like big enough that somebody could comfortably ride. All right, so dogs aren't a single species in this context. They're more like a class of pets. Yeah, they're sort of like, you know, these are these are pets that we have that we can... These are trainable domestic pets that are both for companionship and also can do specific work. Interesting. Okay, what else can I ask? What can I do? As you coming in, they're saying like, oh, you're press? Yes, hello. Which, which agency are you with? Uh, I am with the Corpus Caller. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, you can hold out your arm, please. Doesn't matter which. Right is better, just because we're trying to be consistent. Shield out a right hand. Right arm. They put a green wristband around it. Just keep that on while you're at the show. All right, thank you. It's kind of like a paper wristband, like you'd get at a bar. Yeah, kind of. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think she's going to start going around. (sighs) 
I know she needs to be professional, but Dan, can she pet the dogs? Which dogs can she pet? Yes, I can pet the dogs. As long as you ask the owners. I do, of course. Hi, hello, I love your uh, dog here. What is their name? Tell me everything about them. Can I pet them? Yes, you can pet Stinky here. Stinky. He loves it. And you see, this is a creature that's like, it's mostly furry, but that has like sort of a scaly head. He loves if you give him head scritches against his scales. Just makes him so happy. Yeah, so you do that and it starts thumping this miniature scorpion tail behind it in happiness. Oh, they are adorable. So I am from the Corpus Caller. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a few questions about uh, how you hope today will go for you and uh, Stinky here? Well, I think this might be our year. I mean, we've never really you know, made it far in the competition before, but we've been working really hard, and I think we're definitely you know, ready to make a difference. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to the show. You do notice that both he and Stinky's little collar have a light blue wristband essentially tied there. What's kind of the structure of the dog show? Is it like, I've never been to an actual dog show, so I have no idea what happens. Is it like the Olympics where there's like different events or is there like... That's a- the way they do it here. There's like, you know, different events. Like when you've been here once before and they were showing off different tricks, they had different like courses that they had to be able to run depending on the kind of dog. Like there were even like flying courses for creatures that were winged. Mm-hmm. But, like, where you are right now, you're kind of, like, in this where the judges go visit each of the animals before the actual horse competitions and things like that. Sure. It's a rather large room with lots of little tables set up where people are displaying their dogs and specifically talking to judges about it. And they'll have, like, a little thing that's pinned up at each one that's essentially, like, the story of this creature. Okay. Uh, so tell me, uh, what... Uh, is there an event that... Uh open to shine in this this year well i gotta say stinky is really good at the uh cleaning event you wouldn't think cleaning event for dogs but stinky is really good at taking care of grime or whatever he just loves getting rid of it is that how they earned their name well not exactly he uh, kind of points at a spot on the ground he's like stinky stinky mess stinky and stinky like makes this little grunting sound and then opens up this like canine mouth but then this almost like caustic it looks almost like napalm coming out of its mouth that lands on the appointed mess and then it sizzles and like it just reduces that mess to just ash which Stinky then goes over and licks up (laughs) but the aftermath is that Stinky's napalm it has a strong like sulfuric smell that just fills the area like a bad rotten egg fart that you are just suddenly in a cloud of oof that that makes sense alright well thank you for your time Stinky you've been lovely uh, good luck at the competition thank you so much and then Ilsen's gonna I think talk to a few more contestants pet as many dogs as she can and then she's gonna go to a judge when she sees that one is free okay so you go to the contestants you know you, you see some with uh, red wristbands you know, a couple other with light blue, and then also uh, one or two yellow wristbands as well. Does Ilsen know what the wristbands mean? No, this is new. You do spot, like, one other person that also looks like they're press, although you don't recognize them, and they also have a green wristband. Okay, so green, red, light blue, and yellow are the four that you've seen? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What are the judges wearing? No wristband. No wristband. Interesting. All right. Uh, can she go up to a judge? Yes, you can approach Judge. He's got like sort of a normal body build, but his stomach is very pronounced. And not like in either an overweight person or anything like that. It's almost distended, like as if there's something wrong with their stomach. Okay. They're well-dressed. They've clearly got money. They're essentially in like a tank top, but a very oddly ornate tank top. <laughs> Bejeweled tank top. <laughs> Yeah, and like shorts, specifically booty shorts, and on the back of them it says judge. <laughs> he looks like he's maybe in his 50s, graying hair. Uh, hello, uh, my name is Ilsen Vite from the Corpus Caller. I was wondering if I could ask you a few questions for the paper. Sure. So, I guess, uh, first off, how are you feeling about this year? Lots of good entrance, and uh, I'm eager to get a chance to meet all of the animals and their owners, or as I like to refer to them, their life partners. 
you know, getting to know their stories and of course seeing them, you know, work through the courses and other events. All right. Uh, And uh, I should have started with this. Can I get your name, please? Wippo Tarnas. Wippo Tarnas? Yes. And then is there uh, anything you're hoping to see out of this year's competition? Ooh, out of this year's competition... Well, I mean, that we, we have the usual courses, and I think we've devised some rather clever ones this year. I'm less excited about the other events, but those usually happen, like, after the initial judgment. So, you know, I'm kind of done with the show at that point. Okay. And actually, uh, for our readers who may be relatively new to the dog show, how, how does that... What is your role up until the point that you can just enjoy the show? Well, up until then, I'm judging the animal and how they perform on the courses, evaluating their performance, and... You know, contributing my score, and from there, and helping select, you know, the top dogs in each tier identified. Mm-hmm. And are there any early, um, oh, what's the word? Any early uh, entrants that you're keeping an eye on? Oh, I, I can't tell you that, Ilsen. I can't tell you that. That's the question everybody's asking me, and it's the one I can't answer. Uh, well, I had to try anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess final question is: uh, there's been a lot of hubbub about this being a bigger year. A lot of the uh, gambling side of this seems to be very interested. Can you say anything on that? Oh, well, I mean, that's that's officially a surprise, so I'm really not supposed to spoil anything. Do you know what time this surprise will be unveiled? After we get done with the other events, for sure. There might be... A, that's what, Well, I don't know when they're going to announce it. They may even announce it you know, earlier than that, but I, I don't know. <laughs> All right, well, if there's anything you'd like to leave the readers with, I will leave you to your business no i think that's it i just hope everybody enjoys the show and look forward to uh you know reading everybody's commentary all right thank you so much Hilson. i didn't expect to see you here and it is the general manager for the smelting factory who you interviewed earlier this week i was hoping to bump into you today just in a different location but so nice to see you um Mrs. Terrell, correct? Yep. Mrs. Terrell, how wonderful to see you. I, yeah, of course, I feel like uh, most uh, journalists are going to be here at the dog show. It's it's the dog show. Oh, yeah, but usually papers just send one person each. Well, um, well, I'm here, so how are you? I'm excellent. Will I be seeing you later? Um, I don't want to spoil anything. Cute. I like that. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, so, are you here as a uh, competitor? Uh, what's what wristband you wearing? No wristband. No wristband. No, I'm just in the audience. I just enjoy the dog show. All right. Do you mind if I interview you as a uh, audience member of some repute? Oh, I wish I could, Ilsen, but you know all the paperwork we have to go through with the guild before we ever consent to an interview. Not even just as a citizen, regardless of. Business ties? Political ties? When I'm on my own, I'm considered an extension of the company. I need to represent it. Ah. At least, she says, winking in public. <laughs> well then, perhaps another time. I'll see you later, Ilsa. I hope. And she turns and walks away. <laughs> uh, Ilsa does uh, lap around the room to cool down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys were following Senator Fellow. She's obviously got a head start on you, but you can see her like coming up to the dog show entrance. She's greeted and she's, you know, waved through towards the audience section. I missed that last part. Did the senator get inside the dog show? The senator did get inside. She didn't even have to hand anything over or receive anything in return. She was just waved right in. Ezra's going to go around to the back door. Okay. So you go around to the back door. You can see there's some activity in the back here. They're still sort of bringing in equipment, probably to set up the various courses and whatnot. They must be running behind because they're working down to the wire. Ezri grabs something Mm -hmm. and carries it inside. Okay, you're carrying something inside, and you don't go through the same room that Nielsen's in, but you can see it through, you know, a couple of the doors as you're passing where all these dogs are on display and... There are people wandering between them. And following this, you get to area where apparently they're setting up the courses. You're not 100% sure what route the dogs are supposed to take, because it seems like they've got like several courses set up concurrently for like different animal skills. And then you notice that 
as people are coming in and setting things down, some of them they're opening out sections of the wall and they're like opening up packages and trying to like discreetly put things inside of those compartments. It seems shady. Yeah, I mean, they're putting something in there. You can't quite see unless you will go take a closer look. Ezra will do that. Okay, give me a perception roll of nine. Perception of nine. Ezra's trained in perception. Two. Oh, no. Yeah, you can't make out what they're putting in there. I'm going to spend effort and try that again. Okay. Two. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> wow. Wow. No. Wow. Ezra doesn't got it. Yeah, yeah, she can't see it. Dang. Yep, you don't see what they're putting in there. You're in where the course is set up. You can see pretty far away in the audience area, there are some VIP boxes, which you probably would assume that if the Emperor comes, which is unlikely, the Emperor's not necessarily like huge on the dog show or known to be huge. Maybe one of the heirs will show up and attend. This is a fucking event. Yeah, it's a big event. I thought we were running a fake dog show to make a fake article in the newspaper. <laughs> oh, real dog show, real, real, real article. Damn. Yeah, Ezri will sort of find a good corner to loiter and watch for Ferdinand or Magpie. Yeah, so what are Ferdinand and Magpie doing now that you're all here? Just seen Setter Fellows go in. Ezri went around back. You don't know what happened after that. Honestly, going by your description... Honestly, think Ferdinand could be a dog in the dog show. He's domesticated. He's trained to do a task. Uh, barely domesticated. Let's be yeah, fair. He can do a task and do it well. Why, thank you, Magpie. So, do you really think we can mug somebody of their dog, or we could go the fun route? Beyond stealing from them? Pickpocketing? I mean, you could steal from judges if you were a dog. Yes, but that's not... That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the money that we're owed, which in my mind is involves either direct brute force, thieving stealthily, or, and he grins widely, a confidence game. And that's where we'll end this episode. Beautiful. Oh. Are we doing another weird heist con? Oh man, we're Ocean's 11-ing this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I picked on Samson last time, but I also feel like the dog show has so much to do with Ilsa. I should, yes, Samson. Just because I was also really loving your reactions during Magpie Seas. Well, yeah, here's the thing. <laughs> I finally get to the dog show, but I would say the best part is Magpie opening the fucking mummy's tomb <laughs> and letting out Imhotep, but with predator face. Who could have saw that coming? I. It's not like it's going to come back to haunt us. Oh my God. You've left, you've opened so much chaos onto one this poor senator's uh, mansion. You know what? They decided not to pay us, so we repoed the coffin. This is pretty close to an Italia steals the artifact without a mask on moment. Yeah. Pretty close. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's up there. We haven't seen the consequences yet, so it's hard to judge. It was going to get out <laughs> yeah, anyway. Yeah. And now we don't have to worry about the ecstasy glass. I was never worried about it. I was never, never even thought about it. There's so much murder jizz in that basement so right now. So much murder jizz. <laughs> Gross. Oh my gosh. Oh man. <laughs> oh, they're going to think Ferdinand did it too, probably. Mm. Yeah, could be. Ferdinand's legend grows. Yeah, I'm sure there's no repercussions that will come from this. That's what I was thinking. Although it is still kind of a shock that this happened after such a successful heist. <laughs> Uh, Dude, that thing's gonna like bust into the dog show halfway through, and we're and it'll just gonna be like, "What happened? What happened here?" It's gonna be amazing. Mm. I am so excited to record this. Like, you can't see it, but I am grinning so hard. No, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm imagining Ilsen's face when she sees a uh, magpie and Ferdinand doing a con, and she's just there, like, "Are you come on?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we have a segment that we do each week called Player Intrusions. That's where we offer you, the listener, an XP to check out something that we think you'd really dig. This week, it is Stace's turn. Stace, what would you offer our listeners an XP to check out? I'm going to offer our listeners an XP to check out Crapopolis. It is an animated comedy. It's on Fox and on Hulu. And mm -hmm. it is a Dan Harmon show. So it follows a family of gods and demigods and monsters 
who are trying to rule over the world's first city, or I guess not rule over it because it is a democracy. So the main character is Tyrannus. He's a demigod. He's the son of Deliria, who is described as the goddess of self-destruction and questionable choices, and a monster called Schlub, who is just like a really chill dude at the end of the day. But uh, Tyrannus is a demigod, but he's not very physically strong. So he decides that his best bet at success in life is to establish this city and build civilization. His half-brother, Hippocampus, is a half-mermaid, half-monster creature who is very good at science. So develops a lot of new inventions. There are some like running gags on these inventions too. And then the last but not least, my favorite character, Stupendous. She is half god, half cyclops. She's strong as fuck. And she's hilarious. I mean, I'm gonna make her into a character someday, probably. It'll it'll seem a lot like my other characters, but it'll be different. It'll be different. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> in this show. They'll only have one eye. Yeah. Exactly. So in this show, I mean, it's just extremely dysfunctional, but uh, it's it's hilarious. So, for example, like one episode dealt with like the guy who invented pants, like everyone else wearing tunics or togas or whatever, and they, they just lose their mind over these pants. There was an episode where like a Hydra turns into a communication device, turns into social media. And uh, it, I mean, it's pretty gory, but it is just so funny. It. Although, like, do be careful, it is Dan Harmon. It is basically Dan Harmon took, you know, like, the world's childhood trauma and and shook it in a box and then dumped it into this um, (laughs) cartoon. But, yeah, plot lines are just, they they get kind of outrageous and over the top, but they're done really, really well. Like, my only, I guess, critique, it's comedy, it's an animated comedy, is that it's no Rick and Morty, but sometimes it's like, okay... This this has gone way too far. How are they coming back from this, right? Mm-hmm. But they always do because it's a 30-minute animated TV show. So uh, I do recommend to check it out. It is set like kind of like ancient Greece, sort of. It's kind of non-specific. And I just want to talk about all the things that are cool in the show, but then I'm just going to ruin the show. But check it out. I think there's a, there are 11 or 12 episodes out at this point. Cool. And if people wanted to tell us what they think of Crapopolis or the podcast, how would they do that, Samson? Well, they can find all our current social medias on our website, explorerswanted.fm. They will see that on Mastodon, we are at explorerswanted at dice.camp. On Blue Sky, we are at explorerswanted.fm. On Instagram and Facebook, we are at explorerswantedpodcast. But best place to hang out with us or talk to us about Crapopolis and other stuff is our Discord, explorerswanted.fm slash Discord. We'll bring you there. Also, if it is within your means and you're feeling generous, patreon.com slash want is a great place to support us. Keep us going. Please use our Dicephilia code with DieHardDice. Explorers Wanted at checkout. Get 10% off your order. And if you can't financially support us, we totally understand. The best thing you could do for us is to tell your friends, tell them what you like about the show and why they should listen. Podcasts grow by word of mouth. Second best thing you can do for us is to write us a five-star written review on a podcast directory like Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, that really helps people find the show as well. And if you didn't like the podcast, or if you just thought it was meh, well, as the days begin to lengthen, take heart in the return of the sun and the hope it brings. But don't grow complacent. After all, winter or no, there are still those cold spots in your home. You know the ones. The ones that you step into and can feel the chill across your skin. Those places where you shiver, where you feel something's hot breath next to your ear, and a voice that speaks no words and seems to be made of only the hiss of static. If you want to reach out to us individually on social media, you can. You can find me on Mastodon as Daniel at Anderlich, A-N-D-R-L-I-K, dot org. You can find me on our Discord. I'm Stace Windu. I'm on Twitter at Slant Potato and on Mastodon at Slant Potato at Dice.Camp. This is why you always got to sun your butthole. Listeners, do not sun your butthole. There is a reason you do not sun your butthole. And I am T with a Unicorn on Twitch, Instagram, and Threads. Butthole sunning. 
the thing you never knew you didn't know need to do. Are you saying sunning? Yeah. When you like do like that baby pose and sun your butthole. I never thought I needed to. You don't, but people do. All right, that's it for us. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week, as we will for every week in the foreseeable future. Have a good night, day, weekend, or whenever you're listening to this. And bye! bye.